This is the exciting part. You get to hear testimonies of God's power in a personal way. Lives have been transformed by what God can do. No man can do what God's doing. And I'm excited to welcome the new life for girls. Would you ladies stand as we welcome you again? Would you show your appreciation for this? I'm going to ask Megan. Come on up, and she's our leader this morning, and she is going to bless us. Good morning. Um, as you said, my name is Megan. I'm the uh, public relations coordinator at New Life for Girls and currently the acting choir director. And I say acting because I can't sing but <laughs> they needed somebody to help, and I'm always ready and willing, so here I am. <laughs> when you say, here I am, Lord, send me, he sends you. Anywhere, even out of your comfort zone. <laughs> um, so, like you said, we are from New Life for Girls. We're from the main center in Dover, so right around the corner from you guys here. And um, so New Life for Girls is a 12 to 18 month uh, program. We're non-denominational. Um, we take in women who not only have a drug and alcohol problem, um, but maybe women with eating disorders or cutting disorders um, in abusive situations, homelessness, any woman that um, needs to learn the love of the Lord, and we'll take them in and we'll teach them and show them and um, direct them in the right path. So when you come into New Life for Girls, you'll start at one of our introduction centers. We have four. Uh, one's right in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. There's one in Westminster, Maryland. There's one in Chicago. And then there's one in Fresno, California. So when the ladies come into the introduction, they'll stay there for about three to four months. Um, some of these women, when they come into the program, they've never heard of the Lord. They never picked up a Bible. Um, so that's where they, they learn to accept Jesus into their heart, where they learn how to read the Bible, they learn how to pray. Um, they'll do a few classes while they're there and just kind of get accustomed to, to a new life. Um, so when they're done in their introduction center, then they'll be sent up to the main center in Dover. That's where all these ladies are from. And um, in Dover, they'll continue to take classes. They'll do about six more months of classes. Uh, we teach like battlefield of the mind, self-acceptance, leadership, how to study the Bible, um, just multiple life skill classes, Bible classes. Um, and, you know, we keep them busy. Their day starts at 6 a.m. and it goes until 10 p.m. Um, so the ladies get up at 6, they get ready for breakfast, they eat, they do chores, they get ready for class. It's where they spend a few hours. After class, they have chapel. Uh, we always have speakers come in and share the word with the ladies. Uh, after chapel is lunch and some more chores. And uh, then they'll do what we call work period, and that's cleaning the whole house. So that's more chores. And um, after that, they'll have dinner and more chores. <laughs> so their day consists of doing a lot of chores. It keeps them busy, though. So busy's good sometimes. Um, so when the ladies are done with their classes, after the six months, they'll enter into what we call an Emmanuel phase. This is where they begin their junior staff phase. In the Emmanuel phase, they're really supposed to be seeking the Lord, praying, um, trying to figure out what he wants them to do when they graduate the program, if he wants them to stay, um, if he wants them to move on and, and do something else, um, if they're supposed to go to the Mothers and Children's Center, um, which I'll explain that more. So in Emmanuel phase, that's 
what they're supposed to be doing is really seeking the Lord. After the manual phase, then they will start um, walking alongside the staff and they'll be able to do floor duties and just help out with uh, various you know, little departments that we need help with. Um, and they'll just continue with the junior staff until they graduate. Now, some of the ladies that have children um, in the program, which I forgot to mention, is one of the great things about New Life for Girls. Uh, we don't only have women in the program, but we have children of the women. Um, this is one of the only programs that we know of that allows women to bring their children with them. So while the women are getting healed, the children are getting the healing they need as well. Um, so those women that do have children, we have a Mothers and Children's Center that's in Glenrock, Pennsylvania, so not too far from here. Uh, the women will go there, stay under the covering of New Life for Girls, but there they're helped uh, to find a job. They're helped getting a car, get on housing, um, and just learn how to re-enter society and um, take care of their children, but still staying under the covering of New Life for Girls. So it's really amazing seeing you know, the kids growing up in the program and the women being able to tr transition back out. Um, so we do have two graduations a year, uh, the last Saturday in April and the last Saturday in October. Uh, we didn't have one last year because of COVID. We had a very small one this year, um, just like the family members of the graduates we did have, but we did Facebook Live it, so if you guys ever want to look it up, it's on uh, New Life for Girls, Dover, PA. So the April graduation is posted on there. You guys can watch that. It was a fabulous time. Um, so at graduation, the choir gets to sing. Um, and the ladies that graduate, they get to wear a full cap and gown, walk down the aisle, um, and we just have a great time, great celebration, get to see um, all that they've accomplished while they've been in the program. Um, and like I said, so after graduation, some of the women, they do stay. Uh, I graduated October 2019, and I thought I was gonna run out the door that same day, but the Lord had other plans, and I'm still here, so. <laughs> um, so, yeah, New Life for Girls is just an amazing program for the women and the children. Um, I'm going to let the ladies introduce themselves. They're going to tell you their name, their age, where they're from, and then what introduction center they came with. Uh, I'm going to start with Michelle. My name is Michelle. I'm 38 years old. I'm from Elmira, New York, and I came through the Lancaster Intro Center. My name is Lacey. I'm 32 years old. I'm from McConnellsburg, and I came through the Dover Center. Hey y'all, I'm Meredith. I'm from Durham, North Carolina. I'm 43 and Westminster, Maryland. Intro. My name is Amanda. I'm 32. I'm from Halifax, Pennsylvania, and I came through the Dover intro. Hi, I'm Amber. Um, I'm 27, and I came through the Dover intro. Hi, my name is Darlene. I'm 21 years old, and I'm from West Virginia, and I went through the Westminster intro center. Hi, I'm Kirsten. I'm 27. I'm from Breezewood, Pennsylvania, and I went through the Lancaster intro. Hi, my name is Shelly Beats. I'm 39, and I came through the Dover intro. Hi, I'm Monica Plummer. I'm 55 from Snyder County, and I came through Dover intro. So we have women from all over, different ages. Um, 
And some of the women, they said they came through the Dover intro. So our Lancaster Center has been shut down temporarily. The director there had some health problems that she had to take care of. So we didn't want to turn any of the women away. And some of them had to stay in Pennsylvania. So we took them directly to Dover, kind of made a little introduction um, for them so that we were able to still help these women out. So we're going to share with you guys in song and testimony. Um, and then the first song that we're going to sing is called The Father's House. Sometimes on this journey, I get lost in my mistakes. What looks to me like weakness is a canvas for my strength. My story isn't over, my story's just begun. And failure won't define me, cause that's what my father does. Failure won't define me, that's what my father does. Journeys where you are. You never wanted perfect, you just wanted my heart. And the story isn't over if the story isn't good. And a failure's never final when the father's in the room. No failure's never final when the father's in the room.
So the first person I'm gonna have share their testimony is Lacey. Good morning. Hi, I'm Lacey. I am 32 years old. Um, I was born and raised in a small town called McConnellsburg. Um, I'm a grateful mother of three beautiful children, Adriana, who is 13, Isaiah, who is 10, and Azariah, who is three. Um, I grew up in a Christian home. Um, my father was a deacon in a church. Um, my mom, she was a nurse. She was a wonderful mother who also loved Jesus. Um, but in the midst of all of that, um, being the oldest sibling, I was the only girl. I have two younger brothers. Um, there was adultery, um, physical and sexual abuse that went on um, in the home, as well as you know, in the midst of the family. So. Um, it gave me an unrealistic perception of what the true meaning of love and the true love of Jesus was at a young age. So um, growing up um, too fast at the age of 12, um, I started running around with you know, kids that were double my age. Um, I began you know, smoking cigarettes, drinking alcohol. Um, okay. Um, drinking alcohol and, you know, started popping pills and being very promiscuous. Um, I started to lose interest in, you know, my sports and, you know, hobbies that I had. I loved showing horses. Um, and I just started to, you know, lose sight of who I was um, at a very young age. Um, CYS got custody of me because I started skipping school, um, running away from home getting a juvenile record, just being very rebellious and very defiant because of what was going on in the home. Um, um, at age 17, um, my parents got custody of me back. Um, periodically throughout life, you know, I had moments where I did do good, but um, it wasn't for long lengths of time. Um, I was in and out of jail, um, ended up doing a length of time in state prison. Um, by the grace of God, my children have all, you know, resided together um, with my parents. Um, I do get to see them from time to time. Um, my addiction just spiraled downhill for 20 plus years. Um, and I struggled with, you know, suicide. I struggled with, you know, homosexuality. I struggled with, you know, depression, anxiety. I was on all types of, you know, psychiatric medications. Um, and then I got into a smoking crack cocaine, and that's, that's really where I lost myself. Um, growing up in the country was much different than um, living in the city. Once I came home from state prison, I moved to Harrisburg, and I lived there for the last five years of my life. And that really, really took a toll on me. Um, when I started to do things that, that I never did before, um, I became very hopeless in a pit of, you know, dark despair and just, I, I lost all morals and values that I ever had, but I always had an inner strength within me and that was, you know, my Lord, Jesus Christ. Um, so in 2017, I, I was incarcerated in Dolphin County and I had my son, Azari there, my three-year-old. And um, I didn't end up successfully completing the program. Um, I ended up going back out, using again, of course, doing the same things, um, running back to the same relationships. 
Um, but I had Jesus in me. I had that relationship, not what, you know, my dad and my mom, you know, taught me, but a true relationship with Jesus. So I went back out. I ended up going back in again this time, um, last June. This June, I'll have a year sober, but um, one of my friends that I got into the program, um, she told my mentor, we have the same mentor, Lacey's back in. So they ended up reeling me back in uh, through Jesus, and um, I came back in, and this time, um, it's been an experience that's been like no other. This time, I found out uh, what the Holy Spirit was about. Now that I have the Holy Spirit, <laughs> now some things have changed internally. The Lord has taken that shame, that guilt, addiction. He's delivered me from all of that. The way that I think, the way that I behave, the way that I respond to actions in life, the way that I'm able to parent my children, the way he's moving in my family's life. I mean, he's just doing things that I've never, ever imagined. And I mean, the Lord's grace and mercy is, is so, so good. Um, and I'm just thankful. I'm thankful that, you know, I was able to, you know, be saved by his grace and, and have this chance and be able to, you know, fulfill the calling and the purpose that he's placed upon my life. So that's my story. <laughs> The next song that we are going to sing for you guys is called Graves into Gardens. Treasures that fade are never enough. You came along and put me back together, and every desire is now satisfied.
The next person that is going to share their testimony is Meredith. This is her first time. Hey, y'all. Good morning. Um, I'm Meredith Velez. I'm 43. Again, I was um, born in Perry, Georgia. Both of my parents born and raised in South Georgia, so I was raised Southern Baptist. Um, they divorced um, when I was young, three years old. Um, my mother moved us. She worked for our um, general, general telephone company. So she was able to relocate us and um, sorry, I get nervous and my heart starts beating real fast. So. <laughs> um, I grew up in a very um, performance-based household. My mother was very domineering. I saw her, she just controlled everything. So it was um, almost living in fear throughout my whole um, childhood. Um, I was the chunky, you know, not so whatever child, so my sister got all the attention, so I was kind of on my own, um, did my own thing. So um, I did have um, step parents. Um, my dad remarried to my stepmother who introduced me to church. You know, I got saved at 12. Um, and then that's when things changed for me. I was molested um, by my step-grandparent, so when I received Jesus into my heart at 12, I was changed but confused because I was raised in a, if you're this way, you're bad. And I was never guided into how to, you know, take bad choices and change them. It was just, you're bad and you're going to hell, basically. Um, but if it wasn't for my stepmother, and I give, I thank God for her today. I didn't, you know, at first, because I, you know, she tried to love me and I was like, what are you trying to do? Because she was everything my mother couldn't be, and my stepfather was everything my father couldn't be. So it was very, very, very confusing. And um, let's see, so fast forward through my teens, I drank, you know, started smoking marijuana at um, 12, really, 12, 13, smoking cigarettes. Um, wherever I got attention, that's where I, that's where I clung to, because it was attention, bad or good, that's where I wanted to be. And I knew inside I was different. I knew this wasn't right around me, but let's just do it. Because I'm getting attention and I'm part of something. And um, let's see, 19, I lost a child. Um, let's see, fast forward. Um, in my 20s, I had really good jobs. Um, my parents got me a job into General Telephone, GTE, which is now Verizon. Well, no, it's now Frontier. But, um, so I had very good work ethics, you know, it was performance-based. As long as I was paying my bills, had my, you know, just the house, everything, it was just, but inside I was dying. You know, I just, I can't explain how I, f I was feeling at that time, other than just I was searching for something that now I only know Jesus Christ can give me. And um, let's see, I have, I have a almost 14-year-old, he'll be 14 Wednesday, Joshua. Um, he's been with his father um, for four years this month, actually. Um, I still have my rights, but in my addiction, um, that's where we needed to, that's where he needed to be. I now see that's where God had to pick him up and put him with his father because soon after he left, I um, got addicted. I was um, doing powder cocaine, and then I turned to crack and lived on the streets, turned to prostitution by any means to get my drug. Um, it was, I was almost like a slave to it. You know, and um, unfortunately, what you become a slave to, it's, I mean, you already know, so it doesn't even matter. <laughs> so, um, 
Let's see. Um, I'm trying to think of the best. Uh, sorry, y'all. Um, I got divorced um, at 29. I became a single mother. He went into the army. I want a divorce before he went to South Korea. It was, I want a divorce. You and Joshua can't come with us. And I was like, okay. You know, I'd already started packing the house. You know, I was, even though it, at that time I wasn't living through Christ, I took my vows very seriously. So um, that's something he's still healing me from. Um, so um, <clears throat> for nine years, I took care of Joshua, um, just me and him. Um, I did have help with my parents, you know, but, um, and then when he went to be with his father, um, I lived on the streets. I went in and out of jail for um, larceny and different charges. Um, but that's where I met a, a minister who came in and did Bible studies. Um, and that's who eventually got me through to New Life for Girls. The very first time in 2019, I went to Westminster. I was broken, but um, got there 2019 and August found out I was pregnant at 42. Okay, and um, so I got pregnant during my active addiction. So um, that's when everything changed once again, because <laughs> I was not expecting that at all. Um, thought I was throwing up and getting sick because of the drugs I was on, but it was God's way of saying sit down. Um, I went through the three months there, but then talked to the baby's father and the whole whatever, and so I went back home. Um, a secular program sat me down for nine months, though, and because of COVID, I was able to be in an apartment, sit still with my 14-month-old, <laughs> Caleb, who is now with me in the program. He's with me, so um, he keeps me young, I think. Um, if it wasn't for my sisters, I could not do it because some days it's all I can do, you know, to chase behind him because he's walking now and, you know, <laughs> be 44 this year. So, um, yeah, it's, um, it's only by him. I knew when I would be walking the streets, I would look up and say, God, send me an angel, you know, someone that doesn't want anything from me just to help me, you know, and, and he always would. Like when I, I think back to the times, the molestation, the beatings, the being on antidepressants at 13, because my parents, you know, just every single thing that I thought was, I was a bad person, it was actually me leading, him leading me to him, you know, and he's all I need now, like really, he's really the Holy Spirit, like Lacey said, is, is changing the way I look at things, it doesn't make things easier, but my perceptions are different. Um, I don't live in fear anymore. And that fear held me hostage for a long time. And um, even now, I know Joshua will be back with me. I don't live in that fear anymore of my ex-husband. I'm now praying for him. I'm praying for him and his wife. You know, it's like, so what? He's remarried, whatever. It doesn't matter, because God has better for me. And um, I'm not selling anymore. And um, it's by his grace I'm here. I'm grateful, I'm blessed, and thank y'all. Let me share. We're going to sing one last song for you guys, and this is called The Blessing.
I'm gonna have one more lady share their testimony, um, and that's gonna be Kirsten. She actually graduated in April. She's about to leave us and go to the uh, Children's Center, so this will be the last time that she'll share her testimony with us. Hi, I'm Kirsten, like she said. Um, <laughs> I'm 27. Um, so I grew up in a single parent home um, with my mom, who was amazing and took me to church every Sunday all my life. I was raised in church, so I knew about God. I just didn't know about what it meant to have a relationship with him. So um, unfortunately, I ended up, when I, I was around the age of 15, turning to other things to fulfill the void inside of me that I didn't know that the relationship with Jesus could satisfy. And so um, I dealt with a lot of rejection and I ended up hanging out with people that were drinking and smoking weed. And so that was where I felt that I fit in the most. And I continued that lifestyle um, all throughout my teenage years. And when I was 19, I met my son's father. Um, his, my son's name is Gage, he's seven. He's in children's church right now. Um, his dad was very physically and emotionally abusive to me. Um, I felt very trapped with him, but I felt like I couldn't leave and that he loved me, but I was still scared of him and I, my perception of love was just all wrong. And eventually, um, we had gotten in some trouble together and I ended up losing Gage and he went to foster care and I went to jail. Um, when I got out of jail, I lived with my mom who um, took me and Gage in. And like I said, she was an amazing mom and she took me to church. She just really was very lenient with me as a parent and I was all she had. So she kind of just gave me whatever I wanted growing up. And she did the same when I moved in with her and she would watch Gage while I would go out and party and drink. And um, I just, got stuck in that lifestyle and I didn't know how to be a parent anymore and um, I got into several other bad relationships and my drug usage progressed to methamphetamines, heroin, crack, cocaine, um, all of the above and I just really lost sight of who I was and spiraled out of control and eventually I ended up in the hospital at the age of 24. I was in the hospital with a um, infection in my heart and I had to get IV antibiotics for seven weeks in the hospital. They wouldn't let me leave. And this is where I was invited by one of my mom's friends to a conference in Hershey, Pennsylvania. And um, the Mother and Children's Center, the director from there, um, Rachel, was there and was like talking about the program and um, so it was at that moment, this was 2018, November of 2018, that I, I knew God was telling me I needed to come to this program. Unfortunately, I didn't listen and I went back out into the world and then I ended up in jail in April of 2019. Um, I was there for seven months and when I got out, I thought that would be enough and that I would stop using and be a parent and do what I was supposed to, but I still wasn't, um, I didn't have Jesus and I didn't have the Holy Spirit and I didn't have that relationship. So I went back to the same lifestyle and I had promised my son that, that I was gonna be the mother that I should be. And so I decided in um, January of last year to come to the program. So I've been here for 
15 months. Like, I, like she said, I graduated in April. Um, and I'm just so grateful like, for this program. It's given me a foundation. It's restored my relationship with my son. I have him full time and we're going to the Children's Center in June. Um, in August of last year, my mom actually passed away and it's been really hard, but like the Lord knew where I needed to be for that to happen. He placed me in another family in, in the body of Christ and gave me a home and people to support me and my sisters and the choir actually went to my mom's memorial and we did like a choir meet there basically and sang and gave testimonies so it was beautiful and I know she was looking down and she was so proud of me and <laughs> and I'm just so grateful to be here God's grace is amazing thank you all for supporting us All right, so I'm going to have the ladies put their microphones up and have a seat. They're going to get ready to um, just do a praise dance to close this out for you. And I think the pastor is going to come up as well. You love the testimony. You know, we sing the songs. The song that got me, with Graves in the Gardens. God can transform, transform anything. You know, the Bible says, if God is for you, who can be against you? And our scripture we've been using for our lost loved ones is, God is long-suffering, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. God is the one who transforms lives. And we pray for them. We pray that God gets in. God has to do the work. But we have to do the work of praying that God intercedes. And all these ladies are a result of somebody praying for them. God is the one who transformed their lives, but it took prayer to get them there. So we're going to continue to pray for us and pray for them. Uh, we're going to take our second offering today if our ushers could head back and get ready to do that. The ladies also have, this is a new thing for us, they have a table of merchandise out, outside in the lower foyer. Uh, a lot of nice things. I was looking at it. Pretty cool stuff. So on your way out, please feel free to purchase any of this stuff. I know that they would appreciate that. It helps with them. Uh, we support them monthly, but we also do this to really support them because God, it's worth it. It's worth it. And I'm always reminded of, if you've ever seen the movie uh, Schindler's List, the very end of the movie, Oscar Schindler was really upset because he realized that if, if he could have sold his car, it would have meant five more people would have been saved. He could have sold his ring and three more people would have been saved. When our life is over, how much more? We want to give so that God is able to transform lives. So we don't want to be left with anything. We want to be penniless when we die. All that work going to the kingdom of God. So let's pray for them. Father, thank you. God, you've been so gracious to us. You saved us. And for that, we are eternally grateful. And Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in these ladies' lives and in all the ministries that are going on right now. And I pray that, God, you would continue to reach people with the gospel of Christ. And as we receive this offering, I pray that you would just bless it and you would just multiply it beyond our wildest imagination and do great work for the kingdom of God. Lord, we commit this to you. We commit the ladies to you as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
are not hidden There's never been a moment you were forgotten You are not hopeless Though you have been broken, your innocence stolen I hear you whisper underneath your breath I hear your SOS, your SOS I will send out an army to find you in the middle of the darkest night It's true There is no distance It cannot be covered Over and over You're not defenseless I'll be a shelter I'll be your armor I hear you whisper Underneath your You're glad God rescued you. Amen. Where would you be? Think about where you'd be right now if Christ didn't interfere in your life. Whew. I'm going to ask the ladies to come up front again. Stand right here and face everyone. And we're going to have as many as would want to come up. We're going to lay hands on them and pray for them.
battle's not over. As long as we're still breathing, there's always a battle going on. And we need God's power to survive through that as well. So if ladies, awesome. If our church family can come up and lay hands on them, and we're going to pray God's blessing and anointing upon their lives. And the rest of you could stand and extend your hand towards them. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the miracle-working power of our great God. Lord, we have heard testimonies of transformed lives by the power of the living Christ. Each one of us have experienced similar situations, not as tense, but equally miraculous. And Father, I thank you for God, you persevering with us, persevering with the girls. And Lord, as they continue their journey to serve you, I pray your blessing upon them, your anointing upon them, Lord. Keep them safe from the world. Protect them from the, the wiles of the enemy. As temptations come their way, I pray you put a hedge of protection around them, that God, their entire re remainder of their lives would be sent, spent honoring and serving you. Protect them from the temptations of the world. Protect them from the temptations of the devil. And even as all of us suffer from the temptations of our own flesh. We know you're out there, Lord. We know that your protection is there. We know, God, you're a provider. You're our shelter. You're our, our refuge in time of trouble. So, Lord, I pray that, God, you would just be with them from now until the time you call them home. Allow them to serve you with vigor and excitement and strength and the anointing and power of God. Father, I thank you for how you've transformed their lives. That gives us encouragement, Lord, for those we're praying for, that you can transform them as well. We thank you. For, your word says we have overcome the enemy by the word of the Lord and the power of their testimony. So, Father, we commit them to you. You continue the good work. You get the glory. And let these lives continue to touch many with the gospel of Christ. And, Father, we ask all these things in Jesus' name. And all of God's people shouted in victory. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless. Let's give the Lord a praise offering this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.